welcome to Centering Sisters, the podcast featuring real talk for Black women by Black women. Here are your hosts, psychologist for the culture, Dr. Tiffany Monfort-Dent, educator for the culture, Dr. Carolyn Strong, and storyteller and healer for the culture, the Tamara Winfrey-Harris. Good evening and welcome to this edition of Centering Sisters, a video cast for Black women by Black women. I am, as always, grateful to be in this space with my amazing co-host, Dr. Strong and the Tamara Winfrey Harris. But you know, I have to put this out here. Mm-hmm. You know, myself, but not really me, more so Dr. Strong has been talking so bad about the Tamara Winfrey Harris oh, just me. and the fact that the Tamara Winfrey Harris has the second edition of the Sisters Are All Right, Changing the Broken Narrative of Black Women in America. Her The second edition came out and, you know, months we, ago, months ago, feels like years almost, yeah. um, came out and myself and um, Dr. Strong di- didn't get copies. I said, you know what? I understand. You know, life is hard. We all got a lot going on and I'm going to just be patient and, you know, give grace to the Tamara Winfrey Harrison. Dr. Strong's like, no, 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 that's not what we do. She needs to give us copies of her book. So I said, you know, it's going to come eventually, you know, at some point. That's how it went. That's that's how it went. That's how it went. Okay. (laughs) I want to say thank you. Thank you, Tammy. Copy, autograph, no less. Like I feel like real special. I feel special. You know, autographs, all that wonderful stuff. I was expecting for it to say here, heifer, but it didn't. Right here, you go getting on my nerves or something. So, but I want to say thank you um, for this second edition. It has a new chapter. It talks about Black women in power and. We have been fortunate to have some of the women that were interviewed for this second edition come on Centering Sisters. So it's awesome to kind of see that connection to finally have my copy. If you do not have yours yet, don't don't wait on the Tamara Winfrey Harris um, because you won't get it. What you should do instead is go to your your local bookseller, independent bookseller, preferably ones that are blackity black black or at least independent and liberal that demonstrates some consideration for blackly black black folks. And if you, you know, and if you just want to quick, you can also go to Amazon. We all know that's what you're going to do. <laughs> Let's just be honest. You're going to be like, I'm just going to go to Amazon. It's right there. It's going to show up my door in two days. I ain't even got to, you know, plow my snow because the Amazon dude, he going to come through. He really is. <laughs> if I wait on my mail, that might take two to seven days. Before I even they even deliver any mail for Amazon, he gonna he gonna put he might, on his, sit, he might sit it on your coffee table for you, right? You know he gonna put on what is the uh, that uh, the fire battery packs, and just <laughs> jump on over that snow and come to your front porch and make sure you get your book. But whatever way you do it, please go out and get your copy of the Sisters Are All Right: Changing the Broken Narrative of Black Women in America, Second Edition. Um, we recommend it now because we have copies. Before we have copies. Dr. I'm Strong have said we had to be haters, you know. And she's, <laughs> you know, while I appreciate this promotional moment from Dr. Tiffany Monford, Dent, who I might, I might point out that just last Monday I lifted her up 
in a speech to the Cleveland Public Library as someone who was just, you know, an uplifter of the women and the children. She lifted you up like the Amazon man. But I, but I think I think the audience understands here that I am misunderstood, as most Scorpios are, um, and that all of the abuse that was heaped upon me for the past several months was uncalled for, but I'm going to stay strong. I have, I have a question about that. So are Scorpios just also known to be late? Um, no, they're known to be serial killers. Look it up. Oh. Um, Scorpio, Sagittarius, oh, and Virgo. Most of the well-known serial killers are either Scorpio, Sagittarius, or Virgos. Oh, so, I mean, oh. if I were you, I'd slow your roll. I just... <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I don't. I, I don't know what to do with that. I'm just midweek murderizing. I will. Uh, I will say um, that it is again always an honor to to be with both of you. Again, this is Centering Sisters, a video cast for Black women by Black women. You also have the ability to check us out on YouTube. You can um, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can catch us when you want to catch us. You also can find us on, what did you say, is the Google Play Store? Yes, or? Uh, Google Podcasts. We are now okay. on Google Podcasts as of like day before yesterday. So if you want to listen on the go or however you do, you, you can find us on Google Podcasts. Pretty much every episode is up there. I'm working hard to get the rest up there. So bear with me. But there are at least seven episodes. Our latest seven episodes are up there. And, you know, and we may be able to, you may be able to find us in other podcast locations, but we just go leave that with a low for right now. I mean, you definitely can, but since we're not talking about them, y'all right. can fill in the lines. It's right. Cause you know, we, we, we are, we are uh, women who also have full-time jobs, which um, makes it difficult that once we get that energy to put something somewhere, it took a lot for it to get there. Thank Man. you, Dr. Strong. And so, you know what, to have to just then find the time to then go back. It's how, about, how about teach yourself how to edit a podcast? <laughs> we appreciate you. I mean, you find the technical stuff. I do want to say just about that whole idea of um, just kind of um, having these jobs and continuing to try to do these um, podcasts. I think one of the things in kind of doing all that development is that Someone was posted today, um, Lisa is her name, and she posted today about, you know, she was like, shout out to these women who are being able to do their branding and are saying that they're these self-made women whose husbands are making six figures and allowing them to not work while they just pursue their dream. Build their lifestyle so, brands. Yes. And so, you know, that was one of the things is that I was like, I think about us and I think about many black women who are out here and who are, you know, introducing the world to their brands, um, trying to make content for specifically centering black women or however they're doing it. And that how, when we are able to do these things, they have to happen when we're able to make time as we balance everything else, which, you know, grateful for y'all, Dr. Strong, especially our tech wizard, but at the same time, <laughs> And the Tamara Winfrey Harris, who is over postage, so don't don't so don't nobody. Um, <laughs> she's over our mailings. So she is in real. You've been waiting for something. Have you been waiting for something? Um, what a battery for us. 
Now Turn you know. it off. You know. It's not Avion today, is it? Shut it off. What? What's she drinking? Evian. You know, vodka is white too, clear too. <laughs> that is a fact. Right. <laughs> Again, this thank you. Very, this is very un-Dr. Tiffany-like behavior, and I'm concerned. Yeah. So thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode of Sitting Sisters. Um, a video okay, cast black 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 women. I hate the internet, but I just want to make sure you got all that out your system. So, right now, as you know, on, on this on this podcast, um, we have some different segments that are our standing segments, and one of them is called I Hate the Internet, which is the idea of seeing something that we've all seen on the internet, and we're we just sit there and we're like, Are you serious? We scrunch up our face, we put our hand, our um face in our hands, and we just wonder what's going on. So, what do we have on I Hate the Internet? Okay, so this is love Kim or hate her. This ain't funny. And so for those who are listening, it's if you've seen the um, Netflix show, you, um, it has this character who stalk, falls in love with women, stalks them pretty much then results in killing them on the episodes because he cannot live without them. So someone decided to kind of do a mock up of the poster for you with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. And so just want to kind of hear y'all thoughts about that. And I got some stats for you about why I also don't find it funny. Well, I'll start. And I will start off by saying we've kind of gone back and forth about doing a very special episode and a deep dive into why this is not okay. Um, so if that's something that you all want to see or hear, hit the comments, let us know, and we'll do our best to make that happen. Um, however, I... I'm just, I'm just not okay with this. I'm, I'm not okay with it for several reasons. First of all, you are out in these streets talking about you want your family back while you have a whole girlfriend and, and, and coming after and coming after what's, what's the little boy named Pete Davidson? Um, because he is dating Kim Kardashian, but again, you have a whole girlfriend or he did. I think they broke up. So my thing is just the hypocrisy of it all is that, I mean, I'll let you get into the, the, the whole mental health professional mm -hmm. aspect. I think the, the, before we even got to that, the biggest red flag for me was just the egregious hypocrisy. And that I can do whatever I want, do as I say, not as I do type of mentality in the sense that how are you trying to get your family back with a whole girlfriend? My problem with this is how, you know, the broader community and our community um, overlook and, and try to rationalize away abusive behavior. And his behavior is abusive. Um, his stalking. I think did I hear that he's like trying to buy a house across the street from her he house? He bought the, it. You know, um, having time, you know, scheduled with his child later, but he also wants to be at the party that she's throwing, um, threatening the person that she's dating, you know, talking publicly on social media about her and it's all abusive behavior and it's acting out. And once again, people are finding a way to either make light of it 
or rationalize it away or make it about how there's something wrong with her or how she must be keeping the kids away from him when we all know he's been living in Montana or Wyoming or whatever, one of, one of those prairie states um, and not even living with the kids for a long time. So yeah, like, it just grieves me the way we overlook things like this until something terrible happens. Um, yeah. And, and I, I ended up writing something about it on my um, Facebook page. Um, like we got to talk about Kanye. And I, one of the things I think was a difficulty is because at times we as black women will say stuff don't have anything to do with us. And so in this situation, one of the things that I, I've heard from black women is, you know, this is Kanye and his white woman. This ain't got nothing to do with us. Now, let's be clear. Culture vulture. Cultural appropriation is the logo for it would be Kim Kardashian as it relates to taking everything about the black aesthetic, putting it on whiteness and then being able to have it amplified in a way that no black woman could. And we understand that. And so understandably, this idea of that ain't me. But I think the problem is, is that we know that when things happen and some of the messages that people have been saying, stuff like he's just fighting for his family or you're trying to keep him away from his kids. The joking about, you know, some of the stalkerish behavior like it's cute. We know that when it comes to situations like that, if we don't kind of address it, we know that black women are going to get it the worst because they have. Um, my sister died from domestic violence. Um, in 1991 um, by stabbed to death by her intimate partner. Um, and so we know that more than one in three women have experienced some form of intimate partner violence, including stalking. Okay. Because sometimes people are saying this ain't domestic violence, but stalking is considered domestic violence, right? Um, we also know nationwide, an average of three women are killed by current or former intimate partners every day. And that's through the national network to end domestic violence. But even worse than that, according to the Institute of Women's Policy Research's status of Black women in the United States, more than 40% of Black women experience domestic violence in their lifetime in comparison to 31% of other people. And we are three times more likely to die as a, as a result of intimate partner violence than white women. So we can sit here and we can say, this is funny, but some of the things that he's doing are very much in line with that stalkering type behavior, that manipulation, that trying to determine when she can be with people. Even one of the messages was, well, she's dating people too soon. My thing is, you, once we done, you should not have any say over who I'm with when I'm with someone. And so some of these messages that people are throwing out there, we're hearing them from black men who are being able to say, because black women are saying this has nothing to do with us. We're hearing it from um, black women who are also using some of this as justification because it's, it's framed in a, I hate Kim Kardashian way. So some of these messages you wouldn't agree with, you're suddenly saying are acceptable because of who is being harmed in this moment. Again, not a Kim Kardashian fan. And the, the, the reality, you know, in, in considering the rates of, of intimate partner violence and murder, you know, the people, the, the women who are usually um, the victims of behavior like this from Black men are Black women. So yeah. laughing at it harms Kim Kardashian way less as a white woman who's 
allegedly a billionaire than it does the sister who lives down the street or who you know who's dealing with this same thing and is now not going to be upfront about it because she knows what you think. Exactly. And um, one of the things I wanted to point out is that one of our viewers, LaShondia, said it's very disconcerting for me how many Black women are like, they don't care because it's Kim. I've almost expected Black men to say it, but Black women. That hurts because so many, it's um, because it hurts so many of us as a rule. And, and, and I think part of that too is wanting anyone to be harmed in their intimate relationship is problematic. And if we start setting these bars about who is, we don't have to consider <laughs> when they're harmed, if we're saying, well, we don't have to care because it's Kim Kardashian. Let's be clear. If we don't, we don't have to love Kim Kardashian, but we also know that if you start setting bars of who is okay to harm, who do you think going to be really up under that bar of it being acceptable to harm? It's going to be us. And so, again, my thing is never about framing things as it relates to white women. And someone asked me on my social media if Kim Kardashian is a white woman because she's brown. I said Kim, Kim Kardashian has a tan. That's she's not a brown person, but that it's about the idea of if we frame and look at things about how they impact black women, these messages are going to harm us even more. Um, Angie said, I'm still trying to figure out how Kanye has so many people writing for him. Folks still hate Omarosa and Chrisette Michelle for their connection to Trump. This is true. <laughs> what do you think that's about, Lee? I mean, I've, I've been saying the same I wonder, thing. I wonder. I, I've been saying the same thing. Chrisette had to name her whole album Black Lives Matter for, to get us back. <laughs> I don't know. And, I, she, I, and, and she did it for money. Like she performed yeah. the song for money. He just been out there trumping it up in hats just cuz. I'm sorry, did you just say trumping it up like that was a verb? Yeah, like it a is. thing it's, to do. You didn't it is. I mean, you you know some of the people who didn't trump Candace Owens, she trumps it up. You know, and the other thing to me that's kind of disturbing is you know. Kanye has been very public about his mental health struggles and the fact that he doesn't want to be medicated. And, you know, I once read this interview with an actor who was diagnosed as bipolar later in life. And he said the fact that he was a well-known actor and entertainer actually hindered him because some of the behavior that people would normally recognize as being a sign of mental illness, people excused away because he was a genius and he was artistic and he was, you know, yeah. all of these things. And I think that's another way that you know, we keep hearing that Kanye is a genius and we just have to sort of put up with his behavior because it's his genius. But um, I think we keep hearing that because he keeps saying it. Well, well yeah, that too. And spelling it different. I think his special is like genius with a J or something. And, and I just want to say as a whole mental health professional, this idea of saying that this is his mental illness is unfair to people who are living every day with mental illness and are trying to manage it, who are not out here stalking their partners who are not out here um, trying to harm people, but who are simply trying to exist and grapple with something that has the potential to be de debilitating for them. And so, you know, I keep arguing with people and they was like, well, violence is, is 
bipolar. And I'm like, no, no, let's not. Let's not do this because it's hard enough in our community to have conversations about mental health and mental illness, like truly severe mental illness without start, when we see poor behavior saying that that was mental illness. We know that that's how white teenage boys get off for their criminal behavior. Um, but we also know it's not true. And so we need to also stop in our community as saying, well, he can't help this. That's because he has bipolar disorder. I, for one, as a whole mental health professional, ain't diagnosing anybody that I have not personally treated because I have ethics. So those who are out there diagnosing people that they've never seen ain't well, whole mental health professionals. That. He said that, though. You know, part of that is because he maintains this. Right. Mm -hmm. He said that. And as long as he's saying it, I'm going with it. I just want to be clear. Yeah. I'm not diagnosing Kanye West or anybody on the interwebs with anything. But he frames all of this behavior. And I think other people do too. One, because he's a man. Because when women do these things, they're never geniuses. They're never artistic geniuses. You know, we throw them away. And I think he frames his behavior in that way and that we should overlook the things that he does because genius. Right. And that and that's what one of our viewers said. He mm -hmm. is a genius that has nothing to do with harmful and abusive behavior. And I think this is yet another time where two things can be true. You can be very good and very, very gifted at what you do, but you can also have some behaviors that are not that are not okay. And I think that that's one of the things that I want to push back on from what Tiff was saying is that it's not true. And I agree that it's not true, but I think that the narrative that it takes a mental health professional to know that because the lay narrative that's pushed is that these are the behaviors that you see for this and for the untrained person. And whenever, whenever these types of mental illnesses are put out for public consumption, whether it be television, movies, or books, these are some of the behaviors that are put out there for public consumption. So unfortunately, a lot of us, a lot of us don't know. I mean, that that it, this is this is not in fact how things occur. Cause even when, especially when you're consuming a lot of black media. You take a show like Empire, the character Andre, he was doing all types of mess on that show under the guise of being bipolar. He throwing folks out of windows, kidnapping his own kid, just doing all sorts of stuff. I'm bipolar. And, so, and that's not to say that there's not definitely some um, self-destructive behavior, some impulsive behavior, some things that, of course, come along with the diagnosis. Um, and it, it ranges for each individual person. It's just that idea that we just need to two things can be true for those who believe he's a genius. He can be a genius. Well, three things can be true. He can be a genius. He can have bipolar and he can also be a stalker. Those three things don't necessarily result in the other thing being occurring. And we just need to allow that. And to also recognize that black women, when things are happening, when violence is allowed to happen to women, we don't have to like the woman that it's happening to, to know that we have to say that that violence is unacceptable. And there we, we did our very special episode without even meaning to. <laughs> Where's my mic? There you go. So I'm for for our own sake, I'm going to move on to you tried it. Okay. 
<laughs> so, and you tried it. It's something that we see on the internet that we're sitting here and we're saying, you know what? We see it in our lives as well, especially as black women, where some, some people get to this line and they try to cross it or they cross it and think that we're not going to notice and that it's acceptable. So this um, is Shikari Richardson. As many of you know, um, she was banned from competing in the summer games in July 2021 after testing positive for marijuana because marijuana is a drug banned by the World Anti-Doping Agency, even though nobody, from my understanding, is saying that marijuana is a performing, performance enhancing drug. She also had used it in Oregon where it was legal. So since then, you know, of course, we had a bunch of people saying that's what she gets. She ruined her chances, you know whatever the case may be. Well, since then, a lovely lady named Camilla Valiva, I think she's a 15-year-old Russian figure skater. She was allowed to continue to compete at the Olympics despite testing positive for what we know is a performance, performance enhancing drug. drug. Right. Um, she was temporarily suspended when her positive test came back um, after she had already helped the Russian Olympic team win gold. Um, and so... The positive test happened on December 25th, but the results weren't out until February 8th. So she, they said that she was cleared to compete because disqualifying her, this is again, not the black chick. We already disqualified her, remember already. The Russian uh, girl, they said because it would cause her irreparable harm if she was not allowed to complete, compete. And they said exceptional circumstances contributed to the decision, including her status as a protected person because she's under 16. So Richardson said, I got questions. So Richardson got questions. And I'm sure Dr. Strong has the same questions. She said, how was it calculating, calculated that excluding Camilla would cause her irreparable harm, but that Richardson, Shikari, was expected to weather the costly consequences. She tweeted, can we get a solid answer on the difference? of her situation in mind, my mother died and I can't run and was also favored to place top three. The only difference I see is I'm a black young lady. Others pointed out that Benny Richardson from the Olympics could have similarly caused her irreparable harm. I thought you were going to talk about, I thought you were going to talk about the tweet where she came back and said the answer is skin deep because <laughs> Because that was the second tweet after that one was, oh, never mind. I know the answer is skin deep. <laughs> and, and and that's it. That's my tweet, too. The answer is skin deep. Yep. And there's not much more to say. And, and I and I think the thing is, is that for me, you know, some of the harshest critics in our community for Shikari were black people. That's what she get. She was dumb. How dare she? And my thing is this. Most 19 year olds are not the smartest people. And it's not that they don't have intellect. It's that they're children. We know that your brain doesn't finish developing till you're 25. You're not making the best decisions. Some people said, well, Shikari needs a better team. Well, this girl was doped by family from what? From her team, you know, she said she took somebody's medicine on some wrong thing or whatever, but whatever. But can she no, not read? <laughs> and so, you know, it's it's this outcry of if we in our community are going to say that Shikari deserved everything she got in the consequence sense, who's fighting for her? Because obviously all of Russia was fighting for Camilla and they were right. saying she's a baby. This will cause and, and that's what it was. 
and that's what it was. There, it was a united. We we gonna stick beside her, mm-hmm. and that and that made a difference. There there was no dissension. Now, mind you, these people could have very well been in their homes like that was stupid. You messed up. You screwed our chances. But mm-hmm. for the purposes of their united front, it was. I mean, that's because you know black women are never children and white women never grow up. So, you know, people looked at Shikari, you know, she had she been a white woman, everyone, well, she's so young. She doesn't know. I mean, sort of like they are with this athlete because there's this presumption because it's not a young black woman that she's innocent and she's young and she's naive and she doesn't know, you know, Shikari got none of that. I it, mean, it was because for gotta, black girls, you gotta learn. You gotta learn, and that's what I was about to say. For black girls, the black default girls, is no better, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 I guess the thing for me is, as Shikari said, it was legal where she was. Um, mm-hmm. It's no one's saying that it's a performance enhancing drugs. Like I've not heard anyone say anything about marijuana be a, a performance enhancing. Depends drug. on what you're trying to perform. <laughs> Naps, yes. <laughs> Binge eating, eating, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, so talking slowly, I don't know. But, um, and the fact that she had also experienced great loss around that time. And this drug, people are saying, is very clearly a performance enhancing drug. She was doping, it does, right? It increases the blood flow to the heart. Yeah, she was doping. Mm-hmm. And it's used um, to treat angina, but it's it increases blood flow to the heart, which is then believed to kind of enhance performance, right. which from my understanding, from um, my college years and what people told me while I was in school and what I observed of people who were smoking weed, that was they didn't they didn't speed up at all. It, it wasn't a speed up. Mm-mm. No speed so up. So Angie, Angie says, so really, what was the justification? The last I saw the official the official word after Shikari questioned it was she doesn't have all of the information. And so these situations are not the same. And Shikari, Shikari's not privy to the other information. Was the now if something has changed since then, mm-hmm. the last I checked, that was the official the official word. Because I know one of the things that the girl I think was Shikari, Shikari acknowledged that she she smoked weed in a place where it was legal. This uh this athlete is saying that it was like she mistook her grandfather's medication or something. So that's also what she's saying. Anywho. She happened, and she have and the ones you took though just happened to be the one that would increase the blood flow. Right. She didn't was- she didn't take his anti-diarrheal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta do one more because I can't okay. I can't let I can't let this one go. Oh Lord. <laughs> this one says, ladies and gentlemen, working in America. So there's this sign that says, if the bathroom, if in bathroom for more than 10 minutes, a smell check will be completed to ensure employees not sitting on their phone. If it does not stink, employee's name will be reported to office. Yeah, that. That's why people don't want to go back to the office. Because they like, this is that mess. Like, I'm doing my job at home, but this is that mess y'all do when I'm in the office. This so is you, what you, you did. really like. So here's my question Whose job is it to be the bathroom sniffer? <laughs> Whose job is it to sit there with a little stopwatch and go, Well, Maurice was in the bathroom for 17 minutes 
Time to go do a sniff test. Oh, God. And, and, and I mean, we already know that people said, some, um, LaShondia said, I bet it's a Karen. Um, and, and I think the struggle is that we already know that there's been research that says specifically Black people don't really want to go back to the office. Just because in general terms, we don't want to have to deal with all the microaggressions, the foolishness that we have to deal with on a daily basis. We just want to do our job. Now you're adding, if I go to the bathroom, and even if I'm in the bathroom with my phone, because I have to text somebody to get me down off of this cliff that y'all and put me on with these microaggressions and to say, girl, don't forget you got tuition <laughs> to pay. Don't forget you got a mortgage. And I need those moments. I have to now worry that Sammy, the smell check guy, is going to come in the bathroom to verify when I come out that I really had to use the bathroom. A can of fart spray from Five Below take care of all that. Oh. It's too much. Like it is, I, I don't, I mean, in two years time, a lot of people have been home and have been expected to produce and they are producing where they lost their job before you went back to the office. So now you really are going back to a level of micromanaging. I just, I again want to know whose job is that? Is but, it is it under other duties as assigned? I just it, it's know. definitely under other duties as assigned. But my thing is, these are also the same people that are putting up the signs going, nobody wants to work anymore. So bear with us because we only have two employees per shift. It's the same people. <laughs> so yeah, I, I know I said we were only doing one, but I couldn't let that one go. I'm sorry. Mm. No comment, Tammy. You've been awful quiet on this one. I don't know what to say about that one. I, I but you a boss? Is that your phone? And I don't have time. I don't have time nor inclination to be sniffing at the bathroom. <laughs> I have nothing to say on that. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us on this episode of Centering Sisters, a video cast for Black women by Black women. Again, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, catch us on Facebook. So on this next segment, it's called Centering Sisters. That's what our whole show is about. We center Black women, girls, and femmes. But in the Centering Sisters portion of it, we focus in on an area, a topic that really speaks to black women, girls and femmes and their experiences. And so on this segment today, we're going to talk about Ancestry.com, 23andMe, you know, all of these tests have been coming out um, that are DNA tests. And we know our first experiences a lot of times with DNA tests were the Maury show, where everybody was 120% sure that somebody was the father of their child. Um, and so that was our first experience. And now, just like anything with technology, things are becoming more readily accessible to people to be able to access. And so for Black people, part of what we found is that, you know, many of us began this process for things like me, I wanted to prove I was more Black than my husband. So I wanted to prove that I had more West African, as my co-hosts are like shaking their head than him. <laughs> so we took it for that purpose. Who more blackity black? Um, Me. And so we already know yours. No one cares. No one cares. Well, all I will say is that I am more blackity black than the Tamara Winfrey Harris. So that being said. If memory serves, that ain't that hard. 
Lies. Lies. That hard. And so, Lies. you know, but what has happened as, you know, people are just kind of, you know, doing the modern day version of roots and also just kind of find, figuring out family and ancestry is that there have been some unexpected consequences for many black women um, in this process. Some black women are finding out that what they believe to be their truth. Um, whether it's their racial identity, um, whether it's their um, who their biological parents are, um, they're starting to find that there are now that Ancestry.com and 23andMe didn't answer as many questions as it caused in their families. And what does that end up looking like? And so on this segment, we're going to talk about um, the idea of Ancestry.com, 23andMe, and how it is changing the experiences of Black women. So, are you ready? Um, I I am ready. I do know that we have a guest, and I will bring her into the room, but I just want to make sure that however she wants to be perceived mm -hmm. is, is together. Mm -hmm. So, if she wants to turn her camera off, if she wants to... Change, change her, name. her name on on the screen. I want to give her the opportunity to do that Absolutely. before before bringing her into the room. And so, so and so and so one of the things that we did um, here on Centering Sisters is a, a couple weeks ago when we were kind of having this conversation um, because we've been on social media. Many of us have you know either on social media or within our own families um, have been. Ex found information that we were not expecting, either because we're on 23andMe or Ancestry and somebody reaches out to us who we don't know and says, hey, I'm you're showing up for me and I'm trying to figure out something about me and wondering who you are and how this is connected to me. Um, or hearing from friends and family members on social media who are grappling with what this means for them as they found out shocking information. So we did a call out for Black women and said, hey, if you're willing to have this conversation about your own experiences and finding out something that was difficult for you, we want to hear from you. We also said you can show up and however you want to. So you can show up just if you are in our comments and you want to put comments, that's fine. And we will be happy to acknowledge them and read them. Um, if you want to also get in one of our DMs, we'll try to check those. If you don't want your comments kind of to be shown up in the thread. Um, I'm checking DMs. Okay. And so we I'm, had um, we had women who were wanting to come on, but we also left and honor this space that there are moments where you can say, yes, I'm ready. And then at that same time, in that next moment, you realize that I'm still grappling with this and I'm not sure if I'm in that right frame to do this. So we do have someone who's coming on, but we also Are have we? had other people who have not, who, you know, changed their mind. And, and that's okay. I just want to say that we see you, we honor the place that you are existing in this moment and all the ups and downs that this situation has caused you. And we appreciate you even considering it. So we wanted to make sure we let that be known. Absolutely. Um, are we ready? Thumbs up. We ready? Okay, let's do it. Uh, if I can actually hit the button correctly. There we go. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh, You're wait, on mute. mute. Hold on. There we go. Oh, wait. She has to unmute her. Yeah, she you have to unmute, unmute yourself. Her. There you are. No, I, that's uh -uh, still muted. 
There we go. go. All right. I am unmuted. Hello, beautiful queens. You all look lovely. Thank you. you. You're welcome. And and one of the things I want to say is every time I see your face, you know, I recognize that face. And I think that that was one of the um, interesting things for me. So um, thank you so much, uh, Teresina, for coming on with us. Um, and so we wanted to kind of ask some questions. We're going to um, leave it open. Um, someone said, hey, cousin, <laughs> in the comments Hello, to you. Cousin. Um, and, my angel, yes. <laughs> and so, first of all, again, we want to thank you for joining us. And I, I think the the first thing we want to ask is, like I said, for me, going on ancestry was I just was trying to figure out how black I was and where I came from in terms of roots. So, what made you decide to actually go online and do a DNA test? Um, two two reasons. First, you know, I just wanted to know how much in. I had in me that maybe some children could um, have some discounts in life. No Indian. And uh, and um, there was I was always seeking with my nurturing daddy um, the looks, how I look like him. And um, being told by my mom once that my uh, that my daddy may not possibly have been mine. I've always in the back of my mind subconsciously wanted to know truly who I am. I know whose I am, but who I am. So um, that was the, when I turned 50, I made it my goal to say, um, I want to find out now. I'm ready to know and it's time. So what was it about turning 50 for you that made you say, because again, it sounds like that there was questions in, in your mind about this in the first place. And sorry about the no Native American in you. Sorry. Uh, I heard the same story. So right. most, most of us have. Right. Um, since I was 15, but when I turned 50, it was just a newness. I'm, you know, I felt different. I was, you know, on my down slope of life, so to speak. Um, and so I just felt that it was time to to know my children were grown and it was, I was reaching plateaus in my life. And I just wanted to know um, that my foundation, I just wanted to know my, my husband was able to equip my children with, you know, some of their history and where they came from. And I just, I have my mother's side, but I'm saying my paternal side, but is it really my paternal side? And I just wanted clarification on that. And did you end up getting the, because I know you said you want a clarification, the results that you got, were they what you had been expecting? Did they kind of fit the stories that you had been, because, you know, sometimes the stories are whispered, but they're not told to us. Mm -hmm. So um, did, the, did the what you found out, did it fit this story that you have been told about your um, your family? Yes, exactly. Um, it took... Ooh, over a year or so. It was like um, I did. I started the process January for sure, 2019, and in May of 2020, a name, last name, came up, and I reached out for that person, and there was no response. So I said, "Okay, well, you know, let it go." So it wasn't until so that was May 2020, and it wasn't until um, September 23rd of 2021 when the confirmation came. 
and, and how was that? Because it sounds like you reached out to somebody. Right. It okay. sounds like you reached out to somebody and no. they didn't respond. So was this the same yeah. person who ended no. up responding? Okay. Different person. This person, um, and I name names because you know there's no I haven't gotten confirmation. But this person saw me come up as a first and second cousin. She said that she reached out to her family. She looked on Facebook and I was not related. I was not friends with any of them. So she decided to reach out to me, which was a blessing. And when she reached out to me, um, the last name came up and her grandmother. And at that point, I told her the name and she hadn't given me the name or information of the person who I was told was was introduced as my god daddy who could be my god my daddy and when i it was just like an epiphany once i wrote it in the um instant messenger she came back with it and you talking about i was already having an emotional night that night just because i had been asking god and seeking him for purpose and to know who i am and the Tears just flowed. The shouting just happened. It was a blessing for me at, at that time. Um, since then, it's been a um, struggle. I've been proce processing it. It's been rough for me. Um, knowing the dynamics of how I came about and my mom was a mistress or i don't even know if it was a one-time fling that's the thing i don't know what it was and it's just that process of um him being married not being um received and i understand i get that i understand that so i'm not at this point reaching out for acceptance um anymore I know who I am and whoever receives me, that's fine. And I've decided to um, just keep living my life. Keep living my life. That's all. So it sounds like your mom was deceased before you looked into the information. Um, and and it sounds like your biological father is as well. Is that was as well before you found out. And yes. it sounds like you said other people accepting you or not. I, I'm assuming that there are children that he had maybe with his wife and are they some of the people that you're finding or is not as, cause I'm sure I, this was somewhat level may be surprising to them too. I, yes. Yes. And I, and, and for that reason, I, I haven't reached out to them. God hasn't told me to reach out to them because I'm going to tell you as my daughter has joined, I am going to, I'm going to tell you that, I can see that being a hard pill to swallow, especially if I was the only daughter and there is nothing like a daddy daughter bond. I'm here to tell you. And then to find out that my daddy has another daughter who was born in the same year as me. That's a, that's a lot. I mean, that's really a lot. So I don't know if I want to approach that situation um, for bringing hurt to that person you know, um, caring about that person enough where it can just be as it is for the most part. And I'm, because I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. 
And would I like to have a bond with her and my brother? I found out, I think I have a um, half brother and a half sister on my daddy's side. And it um, would be nice, but I don't know about the reception. And I'm a person, I'm genuine and I love everybody and I, I like everybody to get along. And so I'm not trying to ruffle anybody's feathers. And, you know, and that rejection, rejection would, would, would really just um, break my heart. So I'm just deciding just to relax on that. So I have not reached out to my um, half brother and half sister. And, but I know that my fa father's, my biological father's family is a close knit family. And I know that some who have received me, I don't know how the communication has been, but I know for those that have received me, I am I'm grateful for it. Yeah. One of your relatives said, I accept you, cousin. Another one said, hey, cousin. So I just want to let you know that they're in the comments. Those are my babies. Yes. And you. Yes, exactly. That is correct. And, yeah. and I guess I'm wondering, because one of the things that um, we're hearing from um, Black women who they've they've been able to have this conversation with their mothers and that their mother's responses have been leaving a lot to be desired in the sense of it's not none of your business, um, doubling down and saying, I don't care what tests say, those tests are lies. Um, I guess I'm wondering during the time, I'm sure you quest wondered and had questions for your mom when she was alive. What were, what was, how did she respond when you had questions during that time? My, my mother, and I don't know if it's because my biological father was deceased and my nurturing father was there until I was 17. But even as I got older and grown and I would ask my mother, who is my real father? And she would say, my nurturing father. And that's all she would say. And, you know, just like to blow me off, you know, not to discuss it, not to want to talk about it not to want to bring it up. She knew that a wonderful um, relationship with her father. But on another end, as I look back at it, because she died in 2009, I feel that she didn't want to face or tell the truth of and have me to on the situation. And, and I, I guess... You know, I think that's one of the difficult things for me um, in this situation when I'm hearing from Black women is this, who owns the truth yeah. seems to be an issue. It's there is this idea that those who are a result of the truth, who have discovered the truth, don't own the truth, are not deserving of the truth, um, and that instead it's this is not your business. Or yeah. will look you in your face, question your reality that you have these papers and tell your reality, question your reality and swear that you are a liar, a troublemaker and everything as if the truth doesn't belong to you. And so I guess my thing is, how do you, how do other black women who have discovered this truth, how do you deal with when, whether it's, you know, because as you said, there's been different receptions for, oh, for yeah. you. 
which, oh, yeah. which sometimes that is embedded in the, this is not your business. This is not your story. You don't deserve this. How do you, as a, as a black woman, deal with the fact that there are those who feel that it is not your story, that it is because it's, you know, your biological daddy, if he has his family over here, then we're not going to talk about it because it's not your story. That was, Or moms who are saying, you know, all along and you're doubling down on your nurturing father. Or saying nothing. Yeah. Or saying nothing right. at or all. Or saying nothing. Have. So I had an experience you... like that with my grandmother. I right. had to pull my mother's death certificate for something. And the name on the death certificate as father was not my grandfather's name. And so I took the, so clearly this was not a, a, a wool over the eye situation because her dad's name was on the birth certificate, death certificate. And I took this to my grandmother and I said, that's not my grandfather's name. And she said, no, it's not. And, <laughs> and kept, no, she was sweeping the floor. She was sweeping the floor. And I said, uh, granny, blah, 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 blah. I was like, that's not my grandfather's name. And she said, no, it's not. Sweet, sweet, sweet. So yes, we never brought it back up. You exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, how how do you address that? Is that it's their business, but when they conceived me, they made it my business. Now, the ownership of him and his his wife and his children, I respect that. Um, do not have to accept me. I, I, I get it. Um, even though we are connected through him. Um, but however, I am still his and I am still hers. So the connection with the siblings may not be, but there, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Unfortunately, I didn't have the um, time for my daddy, my biological daddy, to show um, me or, or bring me up or say anything about me if he if he was going to. Um, however, he did show himself to me. So I feel that in one area he would have been in there on the side in my life. However. The, there was a joint. I have a family member who did this. Two children outside of his marriage and brought the children to a family reunion. This is them. And that's how we found out that, 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 they're, that, that that's how his wife found out that they existed. So I say this to say it, it's a point where you have to right your wrong. But unfortunately for me, neither one of my parents are here to right my wrong, and I can't speak for them. I'm clueless to what the thought process was going on with my mother um, not stating that who my real biological father is and depriving me of that. Maybe she, she, God does things for a reason. Maybe she knew that I wouldn't be accepted on that side of the family, and my blessing came from my nurturing father. So it, there are so many questions that I have that I cannot answer. 
and that I'll never be answer. So as my coping me um, coping mechanism, I have to accept. And I accept that I know who I am and that I accept that there will be a multitude of people who may not ever accept me because, again, I was innocently born out of sin. And my life was well before I found out who my father was. And it will continue to stay well because I have a strong foundation of um, friends fam and family members who love and support and check on me and who I communicate and talk to. And I guess I wonder about, and, and I think it's it's great to come to a place where it's, you know, I know I'll be accepted. I know I will not. I know what my truth is, even if other people are wanting to deny it. I think one of the things that um, has been a ongoing struggle for me is hearing from Black women who, when their parents are still living, are literally looking them in their faces when they're crying, begging for answers. And doing a doing a um a pseudo sweeping <laughs> uh situation like looking well and just kind of how to how to get to a place where you're either comfortable with saying this is my truth and whether you accept it as my truth regardless of what role you have in my life I will live my truth I will be my truth because this was a situation I did not cause had nothing to do with it was wasn't there when it happened. Not and at all. Yet I am going to be able to move forward, except with whoever accepts me and who doesn't. How do you get to that point? Because I, I see black women struggling with that piece, specifically when people are doing the literal or figurative figurative sweeping when they're asking questions and being and just and being left devastated. Like, how do you get to the point where you're like, I'm going to have to continue to exist and, and navigate the world in a way in which I live my truth, regardless of who accepts it. You, I realized I, I can't control someone else's. Um, everybody's not an Angie. I'll just say that. So I can't control other people's thoughts, thought process. And, but for me, again, understanding that just like I still have to digest this. I still have to um, face the fact that my mother was with a married man and conceived me, um, bamboozled my nurturing father. So everybody has to digest what is taking place. I mean, it is, it's just not like a, a magic wand goes over and like, okay, you accept the fact that Teresina is your sister now from what happened in the past and or her cousin or niece or, you know, it's so many things to come into into play with this and to. Um, so I can't be mad. I can't be mad at people for not, you know, wanting to accept me. Do I do I hurt from it? Yes. Why? Because the first call, the first I am I got, the first call I got was so warming um, that I'm thinking that the whole family is just like, oh, right, right? I see this. <laughs> the whole family would be just that warming. I mean, 
just sending pictures. Okay, screenshot. And this is when you met your first family. So I'm excited. Like, yes, I found my family and met my family. And, you know, it's going to be love. And um, so with, with that, the down, the reality came. And so no expectations, meaning no hurt. So that's where I started putting myself in the mode of no expectations, shielding my hurt, um, the hurting in my heart, because I always have dreamed of a large family. Um, I've come from a family where my mom had two two siblings and they don't, you know, it's not many of them and they didn't have many children. And my sister on her daddy's side, there was 11 siblings and they had, it's a slew of them. My husband, eight kids in one family, 10 in another. And so my children have a lot of family members. My um, husband has a lot of family members. My sisters, my siblings have a lot of family members. And I love family. And here am I finally saying, okay, I got a lot of family. I'm giving names. I was given names by my cousin. He was saying, okay, go ask them for friendship requests. Look at all the pages. Seek them out, you know. And I was doing that. And that's how I found out that I had two half siblings. And I mean, I was on it and I had six requests, you know, like she was saying. And after a couple of days, I realized that they're not receiving me. You know, they're like, who is this? So I just um, rescinded the friendship request. And that's when I had to say, okay, here I am. Um, I know what I have to go through now. I've seen friends be rejected. I've I've heard of friends not knocking on daddy's doors and being rejected. So this is what it feels like. This is what, and I'm accepting it. I'm not myself on anybody. I don't have to. I don't need to. I don't want anything. I don't have to have anything. I have family members married to millionaires. I have, you know, that have been in public life. So it's, I'm not seeking anything to say that this is my person or this is that. I'm, that means nothing to me. They're just regular people. So I just want love. I believe and the unity and yeah you have friction you have those that you like the most those that you don't you're gonna disagree on stuff and i understand that with family so i wish on one end the ancestry um didn't cause friction i love the fact that i know who i am but it it opens up a lot of wounds it has opened up a lot of wounds um you know, for other people as well, because I, I kind of had a clue by my mama telling me. But for those that didn't have a clue, could you imagine I'm coming to somebody 53 years later saying I'm your sister? I mean, never having a clue. My mother had given me his name. So I had a clue. You know, I was introduced to him one time. So I had a clue. But his family didn't. You know, his his wife children, siblings, or whoever, they didn't. My cousins didn't, you know? Right, you know? So it's, um, it, I understand it, and that's how I'm learning to cope with it. Um, family reunions, you know, seeing pictures, I'm like, wow, I missed out on that. But 
God is still good. And my husband, they have family reunions and it's a slew of them. So, you know, and I was just discussing something with him um, the other day and he's like, and what does it matter? So, so what, you know, that, you know, this person is your cousin now, or that person is doing it. And it means what? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And moving on. So it's just that foundation that I have already and that love that I have already. Um, my unit is tight. So seeking, I'm not seeking for comfort. You know, some people have an agenda. I don't. My agenda is just to be, to love, be loved by fam family. I guess and, and, and kind of the last, last question is kind of a, almost a two-parter. Okay. Knowing what you know now, kind of after going through all this, would you do it again? And would you encourage other black women to go through that process if they have questions about their truth? Yes. Yes. Because you can't, be really who you are or through your truth if you don't know your truth and um i knew my i i now know i've always known my truth but knowing who who i am through my biological father it opened up another truth and that and that's that's all that is so now i know the truth of who my blood family is but like i had to tell my um youngest son who was named after my nurturing father who i'm going to answer that are you nurturing father's family okay so my youngest son is named after my nurturing father my nurturing father brought everything to the table that a daddy should have and i didn't miss out on a beat of anything from seeing him open a bible on sunday morning to me riding on his lap on Belle Isle learning how to drive to bowling to us going to church together to him making sure I get my work done saying that I can't get married till I'm 31 and not knowing what he meant. Like you better get your doctor degree, but I didn't, but my daughter on her way. So I told him the other day that we got one coming daddy. Um, Angie, am I close to my nurturing father's family? No, there, there's not many of them left. That was the thing. I had one sister mom who was my soulless. That was, she was my roadie. Um, she and his daughter, she had, and we've been to Spain together. We've done Italy together. We've taken trips together. She's, um, she passed in June of 2016 and she didn't have any children or they would have been my nieces and nephews. So, and his siblings that were in Alabama had, um, children, but I'm not close to them. There's one that I went to see about um, three years before my sister died. We went to visit him. So I, there's no one hurt on that end from my end. There's no one looking at me now saying that, no, you're not my cousin anymore or my aunt anymore because there was not that bond. There was, there was no closeness with them. He only had two children, which was only one. And that was my older sister. She was 25 years older than me, but she, we only had, she only, he only had two, her and myself. And so we just want to thank you for being with us today. Cause again, truth can be painful. Yes. Um, truth can hurt. Yes. We know that there are people who will hurt you to protect the lies, the dishonesty that is out there and will come for you for revealing truth. And so we are, we are grateful 
to can you. Can I say one? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Just to say one more thing before Absolutely. I can so I can get this out. Okay. The blessing of it all is I look at myself in the mirror now, you all, and I see myself. I see my grandmama. I always wondered where I got this part right here from. I see my grandmama. And that's a blessing when you can look in the mirror and say, I know who I look like. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. So yes, I would I would suggest everybody, if you don't know, go to Ancestry.com if you're ready and find out. If you're ready and find out. And I think that that's the key is that ready. And even in the moment of being ready, you can never be fully ready for finding out the truth, but it's necessary. It's important. Um, It's important that we know not just whose we are, but who we are, as you said. And so we just want to thank you, Teresina, for joining us on this episode of Centering Sisters, a video cast for Black women, by Black women, to all of the Black women out there who are finding out their truth, who are trying to figure out what this means for them. We are thinking of you. Um, We are hoping that you find the support that you need, um, the love that you are seeking, the acceptance that you deserve. And so we want to thank you all for joining joining us. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, follow us on Facebook. Um, You can find our podcast where you find podcasts. And we thank you again and have a great evening. Thank you for listening. Be sure to leave a rating and review. For bonus content, visit Centering Sisters on Patreon. And keep in touch with us at Centering Sis on Twitter and Centering Sisters on Facebook. Got feedback or an idea for a future show? Reach out at centeringsisters at gmail.com. And remember, love Black women, support Black women, believe Black women, trust Black women. Talk to you next time.